Welcome to Clean Break, the weekly divorce podcast. We share the stories and experiences of divorce professionals. Find all the answers about the many complex questions about divorce and separation at divorcenet.ca. Hi again, everyone, and uh, thank you for joining us. This is going to be the second episode of uh, Clean Break, and we have Jim Jeffcott back on the show again because we've got some hot button topics to talk about with him. Hi, Tina again, and hi, Jim again. Hi, Derek. Hi, guys. Yes. Okay, so... Welcome back to the show. Thank you. We're going to jump right into it. we got some real hot-button topics that we want to talk about. So, Jim, I want to ask you about a question that comes up quite often, and that is, what happens if one spouse chooses to take a job that is beneath them as far as salaries go? You know, here's a guy who's, or a lady that's had a $150,000, $200,000 year job, and the spouse says, well, you have, uh, you have to pay spousal support or child support. And their response to that is, well, I'll just go uh, dig ditches or serve uh, coffee or something and make $20,000 a year. How, how, as a lawyer, would you handle that? And what do the courts think of that? Yeah, they don't think much of it if they think that it's intentional. Right. Uh, right? If, it's in, if, they, they're trying, if someone is trying to avoid paying support, mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't get a whole lot of you know, good vibes, right? From a judge, mm-hmm. but of course the difficulty is that you got to prove that. So the support uh, system, if you want to call it that, the support concept is uh, a bit historical in its in its uh, view. Okay, so we look at uh, we ask people to provide a historical uh, income information, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and though there are there are kind of two pieces to it, right? We're looking at okay, what's the trend been and what's the current and so when we do support calculations we look at that historical data and we also look at uh, current right mm-hmm. so, and the and the the concept of spousal, of spousal or child support is where to the extent that we can do it we're going to use current income mm-hmm. to decide on what the amounts are mm-hmm. right and that historical stuff is we look at if you know if it's if it's not clear mm-hmm. uh, and where that sometimes gets messed up of course is when somebody moves into something new Right, so somebody who's maybe um, been working in a an employment situation has decided to become a contractor, uh, you know, and what's that going to look like? Or someone who's made a career change, right? Mm-hmm. And so timing of that is going to be really important. Uh, but just to go to a specific answer to your question, you know, a court has the power. The guidelines, the child support guidelines, give the court the power to impute income. Mm-hmm. Impute income says. Yes, I know you're earning X or Y, but we're going to treat you as if you are earning some other number for child or child, spousal support. So you're services. on the hook for it regardless. Perfectly right. Yeah. Exactly. Even if they legitimately quit their job. Well, and so that's a factual question, right? That's right. an evidentiary thing. So a, so a court, uh, you know, or in a negotiation, you're going to be discussing, okay, what got us here? You know, what are the circumstances? Why has that happened? Right? And if, it, and if, it's, if it's apparent that it's being done in an effort to okay. avoid obligation, mm-hmm. then very, very likely that you know, the decision is being made to impute. If it appears legitimate, say there's an uh, injury, let's say there's difficulty with somebody's um, health, uh, maybe they've struggled emotionally because of the separation, mm-hmm. that's gonna have uh, a mitigating effect, right? right? Okay. But, but it's, you need evidence. You know, right. You need evidence, yeah, it's just, no, we're not, Court's not just going to take your word for it, right? Okay. Right. No, that's a good point. Yeah. But I think it, a lot of people want to know is that, you know, if somebody makes that threat, that there's a recourse to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So it happens very, very frequently. 
uh, and you know, on two sides. If I'm representing the person who's making the threat, I'm saying, hold on a second here, let's understand the implication of that choice. Maybe not a good plan, right? And if it's the person who is on the receiving end, I'm saying, yeah, well, you know what, we're going to address that. We're going to be looking at imputing. Right, right. So, uh, do you mind if I jump yeah, on no, another one? I really like, the, you know why I love these questions is because I get them all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. People will say things and I say, you know, I'm not a lawyer, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, but I surround myself with quite a few of them. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is usually some of the things that they tell me, mm -hmm. right? Um, we'll hold that against you, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Keep my friends close. <laughs> and lawyers closer. <laughs> yeah. Okay, hopefully Sylvia's not listening to this. Yeah. Episode. Okay. <laughs> um, Sylvia! <laughs> all right, so here's, the, here's another one that comes up a lot, is uh, what happens when one spouse in a vindictive way says, you know what, I'm going to make you sell the house. So you're living in it, I'm not, I'm mad at you, so I'm going to force the sale of the house. Is that a possibility? So uh, it depends. Right. Okay. Uh, so whether you're married or unmarried is going to have an impact on that, right? Because there are special rules that apply to matrimonial homes, and matrimonial homes are related to married spouses only. Oh, okay. If you're not married, those, right, those special rights don't exist. Right. Right. And so ownership is really key in an unmarried spousal situation. So okay? common law people exactly right. are, don't have those special. Right. So if you're not on title. So, so a much more complicated problem in that situation if you're the spouse who's being asked to leave, right? right. And you're not an owner, mm -hmm. okay? Huh. As a married spouse, absolutely, you know, you can say, you know what, do what you got to do, right? Because then they've got to go and they've got to ask, right? And it's not necessarily going to happen. Uh, again, we, then we look at all the detail, all the circumstances, right? And in some situations, it's going to make some sense that it should happen, and in others, in others it's not. So we have to look at the detail. Based on um, your your perspective or the judge? The judge. Okay, the judge. okay, the judge. And again, same thing. So I say this stuff. I, whenever I talk about this stuff, I'm thinking about what would a judge do, mm -hmm. not because we're necessarily all going to be getting in, you know our decisions made by judges, but because we always have to be conscious about what's the alternative. If I'm going to negotiate with you, right, on something in a, in a collateral process or a mediation, what's the alternative if I don't? Right? Mm -hmm. And that's where the judge comes in, right? Uh, so yeah, we're always talking about it, and with the with the legal, you know, the legal model in our back in the backgrounds, because we, we, you know, what's the best alternative to the negotiated agreement? What's the worst alternative to the negotiated agreement, right? And mm -hmm. so we're always looking at what would a judge do as our guidepost. Right. Mm -hmm. right. So it so they can ask for it, but they ne might not necessarily get it. That's a subject of analysis. Right? Right. We're going to have to look at that. We're going to have to, you know, so you come in and say to me, I want the house. You know, I want my spouse out. Right? I'm going to talk to you about, okay, so what's the information? What are we going to use to either argue that position or argue against that position? Mm -hmm. Right? You, you actually made a really good point there. Um, I want you out. So I was talking about selling the house. But that brings up another question yeah. is, can you keep your, your soon-to-be ex-spouse out of the house from coming in whenever they choose? So again... Different rules if you're married or unmarried. Okay. You know, and again, it also depends on are there kids involved or not, right? There's all kinds of, yeah. you know, inputs that mm -hmm. have to be determined before I can answer that question with any kind of, you know, reasonable assuredness. Okay. Uh, I see a lot in my business where people will come in and, and, you know, as they're negotiating the separation and going through the whole process, it's, um, 
what they want to do is see if they can qualify to buy the house uh, from their spouse so yep. that they can write that into the separation agreement mm -hmm. or yep. it's in the separation agreement that if they qualify to buy it they can buy it at this amount and um and if they don't then they have to sell the property because right. the other spouse doesn't want it 100 so one of the things that we're often looking at as we negotiate uh divisions of property mm -hmm. is what's affordable and that's where our financial comes in mm -hmm. right so that's where the analysis where the uh where the doing the scenarios comes in, right? So if we do it this way, you know, then this is the likely outcome. If we do it this way, then this is, and that's where we look to our professionals to tell us, you know, what's the longer term implication of these choices? Mm -hmm. I love how the fact mm -hmm. he pointed at me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am the mortgage person. Like, <laughs> I'm a financial guy. Come on, you need me to help you with that's that. True. That's true. <laughs> our financial people. I, yes. Um, you know, and, and the thing is, like, I, I, you know, you also see situations where one spouse is living in the house and for whatever reason can't buy it or doesn't want to buy it and then be, they flip and the other one moves in and buys it out. And, you know, I've seen that kind of thing and or it's a very um, not a good separation and there's a lot of troubles yeah. and stuff. And, cool. um, yeah, so uh, we're looking at things, what we call exclusive possession. In that situation, right? So, while you're separated, but you aren't, your situation isn't resolved. Who gets to stay in the house, and can you keep the other person out of the house while that process is happening? And the answer to that is sometimes yes, and sometimes no, right? And there are often situations like if there's no particular reason, you know, to push somebody out, you know, courts are going to be reluctant to uh, give one person a leg up by, you know, saying get out, and so. Often we're in situations where people are living in the same house mm. yeah. and are struggling. Mm. And so what do we do to that? Well, you know, we then get into things like, okay, well, let's let's negotiate a temporary arrangement that's, that where you have permission to leave at a particular time and permission to come back at a particular time. Mm. So there's an expectation. And so where we can limit the contact mm. without affecting the no right. 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 But if one, if one spouse, let's say, leaves yes. and says, so that's it, I'm out of here, right? And they're living somewhere else. Yeah. Um, I think where it gets a little bit touchy is when they've already left they yes. and then they want to come back whenever they feel like it. I think is one of the things that I hear from mm -hmm. spouses like, why do they get the right to just walk in and yeah. take something while I'm at work or something yeah. like that? that come I in any time they want without any, you know, thought or consideration of the other person. That seems harsh to me. Yeah. Well, and again, depending on who the owners are, whether they're married or unmarried, the rights are different. Mm-hmm. You know, in those uh, particular circumstances, so we have to deal with you know those as they come. So you mm -hmm. you know you obviously if you're going to come to me with that question, then I need to dig in a little bit and say, okay, so who owns it? Yeah, right. But it is doable. Unmarried. It so, is doable. Like I mean, if the person's yes abusive, no. yeah, well, psychologically yes. or something like that. That's or, a whole lot. Okay, so if you're get, if you get removed, <laughs> you know, because if you get removed by the police, yeah, right, and there's and there's orders that prevent you from. Attending. Well, then that's a different. Yeah, that's, that's a different. That's, that's, a, that's a whole other kettle of fish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, but you know, sometimes then we get into the whole. Well, you know, do I instigate a situation? You know, in order to get my spouse out. Oh no. You know, right? <laughs> yeah. So wow. you know, it, it gets complicated. Yeah. Tina, you had another question, yeah. actually. Yeah, I actually just had a, a client in my office, and.